Hey friends, welcome to the Next Step Leadership Podcast, a conversation dedicated to helping you make your next step your best step. I'm Tracy Reynolds, and my partner for the Next Step Journey is Chris Maxwell. Together we hope to inspire, assist, and create the confidence you need to take your next step in your personal growth, spiritual growth, vocation, or even your calling. Thanks for joining us. Well, come on, let's dive into this week's episode of Next Step Leadership. Welcome again to Next Step Leadership Podcast. Chris Maxwell and Tracy Reynolds enjoying conversations with one another and with dear friends. So, Tracy, uh, let's think back uh, to our last uh, conversation uh, with Jonathan Bryan. What uh, is like? Why did we have to end that? You know, it's like we could have continued talking and let's order some food and let's have a meal together. Exactly. And yeah. it's like, okay, we're seeing him on the screen, telling him to get some food, and, um, eat together, meet together, have dialogue. But aren't you proud of him? Oh, undeniably. I, I was flashing back. Um, I'm watching him on the screen, but I'm thinking about times in the Philippines and times in my office and uh, working with the Manual Leadership Initiative and planning stuff and working together and handing stuff off to him. And uh, But watching him thrive in, in children's ministry and doing well, it's just it's a blessing. Um, the faithfulness and, man, it's I shook my head. I mean, he said it was six years in ministry. I'm going, What? Anyway, uh, but that's that's all here and there. We are proud of you. Welcome back to the Next Step Leadership Podcast, Jonathan Bryan. Once again, it's a thrill to be here. So excited to continue our conversation. Absolutely. Well, we left off. You were, uh, man, you were laying down some really sage advice for, and I was thinking about people who don't get the kind of background, I mean, the advantage of having mentors in your life. And then there are people that, that are just hungry to have that. Do you have any thoughts about, you know, where do you look for if you're, you know, right out of school or maybe you're in, in high school or college and you're, you're looking for some voices in your life, where, where do you even begin to look for that, John? It's a great question. I, I, think, I think it's kind of a dual answer. I think there is a responsibility of an older generation, and I'm quickly having to look back down the pike, right? So I had people who invested in me. Um, I need to be looking for people to invest in. I need to be finding my Timothys. And so I don't say this as like, hey, I'm 28, I'm being invested in, y'all just keep pouring it down, and you know, one day when I'm older, I get to start doing that. No, like I've got to already start looking back. So I think it's a dual responsibility of both a young leader and an older generation to be connecting through this biblical understanding that discipleship and healthy living happen when there's the wisdom of an older generation with the passion of a younger generation. And they're able to weave together their strengths to create something new and something beautiful. And so I think the heart of your question being really what is the responsibility of the younger leader I think character development, I think controlling the controllables, I think not focusing on what you don't have, but what you do have, Mm -hmm. I think preparing yourself for whatever future God may have for you, if you don't know a specific thing, um, character is something you need in every calling. And so um, I would say to a young leader, focus on, yes, you want to get around 
Um, I, you know, networking can be a hot topic question or, or statement or word because it may can imply you're trying to maybe weave your way into a certain circle and all that. But I'm talking about networking in the sense that you're not scared to start a conversation. You're not st- scared to connect with someone new. Um, I think developing character and developing a willingness to be a people person, even if you're a natural introvert, um, are, are some things young leaders can do. Good answers. Good answers. Well, how did you develop a passion specifically for children's ministry? What, what, what happened there? What, what led you into I know this was an opportunity and it was a sequence of events. You worked with camps. You've been around children and things like that. And it just seemed like, man, you have landed here and six years in. Wow. Uh, where did that passion come from, John? I think what's amazing about the calling of God is that he can lead you somewhere where you can't see the full picture, but as you take step by step, it makes sense. Mm. And for me, um, if you were to ask me even that day, Pastor Tracy, halfway through my internship, you know, what do you see yourself doing if I didn't have the opportunity uh, at my dad's church or even somewhere else? Well, you know, I'll probably be a youth pastor or probably be a senior pastor of a smaller church. You know, like that that was kind of my mindset. Like I didn't have this whole lofty, you know, I'm going to go pastor some mega church and, you know, 22 years old, like, come on. Um, but it's it was more of, okay, what's the next step of obedience? And when the children's pastor position came open and Pastor Keith called me, I sensed a peace in my heart. Uh, Jessica and I were just engaged at the time. And so I, I called her and called my parents and uh, just a cool note, kind of a side note of here, what we're talking about. But I remember I called my parents. I'd, I pretty much set a deadline saying, okay, like I'm going to call by this date if I, if I just feel this peace about this. And I called my parents and I was like, you know, Jessica and I both feel peace about this opportunity. And they said, well, if you don't already feel peace, uh, we're in Myrtle Beach. They were on vacation. And we are currently behind Whitnall First Baptist Church, their van. (laughs) And I was like, okay, so there we go. So God gave us that big old like, okay, I've already given you my piece, but if you you really wanted the sign, I gave it to you, okay? Can't miss this one. And so it was like, okay, all right. So as I prepared for uh, what the next three months held in transition, um, I want to honor the man who came before me, Pastor Charles Bouchard, dear friend, awesome man, God in his humor. My first day on my internship there, he and I helped move a family in the church. Like literally, I came in that day, and Pastor Keith was like, hey, uh, I want you to go help Pastor Charles. You're going to help move a family. So from the word go, Pastor Charles and I got like two or three hours in like a car just talking, going back and forth, back and forth. So that was God's humor, in my opinion. Um, But... Here we were nine months later, and he's just showing me the ropes, like went out of his way, showing me his files, showing me his stuff. This is how I do it, but you don't have to do it this way. Make it your own. All of that to say, I realized very quickly um, every single ounce of summer camp, every single ounce of helping my dad do VBS, every single ounce of those Sunday night services in Elberton where my dad just had such a heart for kids, we would do a kid's night. I was going to have to rely on every ounce of that experience 
because the day-to-day, week-to-week life of being a kid's pastor was really unknown to me. I had never been near someone outside of maybe three months on my internship with Pastor Charles with a mindset towards ministry. I grew up, my dad served as senior pastor, youth pastor, kids pastor, all within my time of being 18 years old. But, you know, when I'm a young boy, I'm not watching my dad from the lens of a ministry, more of like, wow, he actually lives out his faith. And so I realized that I was going to have a lot to learn, but what I didn't really know to expect is that God would give me a passion for something he had called me to do, even if I didn't know how long that season would be. Because I think if I'm being honest, there's a tension, and I know you guys will understand where I'm coming from, and those in the audience will as well, who have a call maybe to pastoral ministry, is like there, you don't want to be boxed in as something. You, you don't want your whole story to feel like it's been told at 30. Oh, Jonathan, he's one of the children's pastors in our denomination. Mm-hmm. And yet, there's this side that's like, but I really just want to do what God wants me to do. And I don't know what 40 years from now looks like. I don't even know what 10 years from now looks like. I think the older I get, the more I think that question's funny. Because I'm like, you do realize I could tell you something and tomorrow God could just That's right. mess that whole plan up, right? Yes, so people ask with good motive, hey, where do you see yourself in 10 years? I'm like, I honestly have no idea. I love what I'm doing. I have yeah. a passion for it. Uh, the thought of not doing kids ministry right now like hurts my heart, but mm-hmm. I know that God can do whatever he wants to do, and that's part of being surrendered to the call. So for me, mm-hmm. it's a passion that I know I have that God has placed within me, and I love what I'm doing, but I'm not going to limit myself or what God could call me to do by saying I'm just a kid's pastor. Um, no. I'm a I'm a pastor to families is really what I am, and that's right. uh, and that's true in any role, whatever the title is. And there's such a need for that. Yes. Uh, but as you as you're thinking um, about your present role, and then kind of looking out the window into the unknown future, um, give us some more of your thoughts and suggestions. You know, here we are, just um, you know, in the first month of a new year. Uh, hoping that we can accomplish new goals and achieve new tasks uh, successfully. Finding, you know my word, equilibrium. Uh, you know, that's just kind of where my heart is right now. How can we find that balance of being faithful in our everyday task, totally committed there, but still open to the opportunities that are beside us? You know, like in your in your life right now, faithful in your in your calling, in your assignment, in your role, your particular job in that local church, but still making a difference in the life of that person you see in the grocery store, the person that may never come to your church. How can you minister to them and their children outside the church walls and find that equilibrium in the, in the right now, this is my role, this is on paper, but also outside that window of opportunities the, the Spirit of the Lord has for you? It's a fantastic question, and my mind is going in a lot of different directions, but I'm going to start here. My generation deals with a lot of anxiety, a lot of nervousness, a lot of 
how am I supposed to do all of this? I guess is, I guess is the way to say it out, you know, this expectation, all these things. Um, but what comes back to being present with people is something that also can combat that anxiety, which is that worry is always centered on the future. You rarely are worried in the moment. You're thinking about the conversation before the conversation happens. You're thinking about the meeting Mm -hmm. before it happens. But in the present, rarely is that worry still there. You're just so focused on living in the moment, which teaches us a lesson about being present. So I don't have to worry about the future. What if I just focus on this conversation? What if I just focus on this interaction? Uh, Along that same idea of both people and maybe even helping those who struggle with anxiety or nervous thinking is shifting the mindset from what will they think of me to how can I serve others? Very simple shift, Mm -hmm. but it's a game changer. Instead of what, what will the person in the grocery store think if I greet them kindly, rather, what if that's exactly what that person needs? And I'm just trying to serve them. I'm not trying to take anything from them. I may be just trying to smile and say hello. Um, I may see a mom with three rambunctious kids, and she's just trying to survive the grocery store experience, yeah. right? we kind of using that illustration. But it's, it's going from a me mindset to an other-centered mindset. It's going from a I'm thinking about the future, thinking about the future, thinking about the future to what about this present moment? What if this is precious? What if this is what God wants me to focus on? Um, in an interesting way, um, in our first episode together, Pastor Tracy, you mentioned um, doing a podcast. And for me, I was just talking with the Lord in the house my wife and I were renting at the time, just sitting on this back porch area. And man, it just became my place, man. That was a place, just me and God, and just a small little field, nothing big behind, but just small little field back there. And I just remember sensing like, okay, I'm I'm calling you to do this podcast. And to be honest, I had never thought for a second about doing one. Um, Pastor Tracy, you're actually the one who turned me on to podcast. And so like my senior year of college, I began to listen to them and enjoyed them. But since in my heart that day, like, okay, God might be calling me to do this. And like, I'd never thought of that before. So I prayed on it, thought on it. And all of that to say, in the present moment, it was just spending time with the Lord. It was just that daily rhythm of spiritual formation and time with God that God began to speak about something that had to do with the future. And so it was being open in the present for God to drop something in my heart to begin to prepare for, for the future. And so um, for me, and I've shared this with you both, you know, when God's like, hey, you know, maybe the idea of doing a podcast, I'm like, well, I'm only really passionate about three things enough to do a podcast. That's discipleship, (laughs) leadership, and sports. And I just don't think it's sports. I just, not saying there's anything wrong with that. Um, I just didn't get the sense. And so as I was even preparing uh, to launch a podcast, it was like, okay, God, what's next? Like, I've got to stay present in this moment and prepare and learn. And I know we watched a lot of the same YouTube videos of like, how do you even spell podcast, much less record one and promote it and put it out there. And so for me, it was even 
okay, discipleship and leadership, I don't feel like I can let either one of those go. And literally, I remember staring at a screen, just had those two words, disciple and leader, and began to realize that linguistically, they collide just like they do in life so often. And so the Disciple Lead podcast was born out of that, of just seeing, you know what, discipleship and leadership really collide, and so do the words. And so um, that began a journey of saying, okay, well, what would I want someone to come away feeling? Well, I know I love it when I feel empowered and encouraged once I've listened to a podcast. Like, they gave me something I can be encouraged in and be empowered to do. And so why do I even tell that story? It's Going back to, it took being present, but being open to what God may want to do in the future. They're both connected. It's not either or, it's both and. Yeah. Well, I just want to encourage all of our listeners, if you haven't had a chance to check out Disciple Lead, it really is excellent. And uh, I appreciate your obedience to do that. And it really is also, as a colleague now, Jonathan, to be able to say, hey, man, I know somebody I can call when I run into a, to a hassle or I have a question about, about podcasting specifically because we're just still figuring this out. But thank you for doing that. Yeah, we're proud it, of you. As we are, are thinking towards uh, 2023 and next year and that kind of thing, you, you've mentioned several times how relationally and in your relationship with Jesus and with others, how God has been unfolding uh his will for our lives if we'll just uh, what would be some keys that you would suggest to uh, to a, a a next gen uh they would just say listen just some reminders as a a guy just a little bit ahead of you just to look back and say hey man just just slow down a bit and, and consider these two or three practices into your lives and and that would help you to hear god clearly and correctly it's going to go back to people but it's also going to go back to you can't replace devotional time with Jesus. You just can't. There's not enough sermons you can listen to. There's not enough out there from small groups even, which goes back to people. You need that. That's an element, but you can't replace the individual. And so I would say you need to have voices of those who go ahead of you, the Pauls. You need to have your Barnabases, your friends. You need to have your Timothys that you're pouring into. But those give you voices, especially the Barnabases and the Pauls, to be able to talk things out. Because sometimes things are swimmy up here, but when you talk them out with a friend, all of a sudden they're able to speak life into it or say, you know what, I, I don't know if I'm getting what you're, you're getting on that. Um, and can be that voice of equilibrium uh, to help guide you on life's journey. So having those friends, having those mentors... But when it comes to a devotional life with Jesus, um, Emmanuel College transformed that for me. I knew to read my Bible. I knew to pray. I just didn't know you could do it a million different ways. <laughs> and God was still pleased with it. I didn't know. I didn't know. And uh, seriously, I mean, I, it went from this mindset of like, I guess I read four or five chapters and then just pray to, about all my needs. And if, if I'm feeling super spiritual, I'll like listen quietly and, uh, you know, and God's not like that. And uh, for, the la- uh, for the risk of sounding, uh, I think people know what I'm saying, but God is way more, when devotional life is more like an all-you-can-eat buffet. Like, it's not, it's not just this, it's not just that. 
God takes pleasure in all of it. And having those outlets of solitude and silence, which at first will be super awkward. And so I remember feeling guilty of like setting a timer the first time I did it because I was like, man, like I'm timing God. Like you got to speak in this time or like I miss it, you know. (laughs) And I realized God's like, no, I'm just training you how to hear. Yeah. God's not mad at you setting a timer and saying, okay, God, I haven't been listening, but I'm going to set my timer for five minutes and I'm not going to get up and I'm not going to say anything. I'm just going to listen. And it's amazing how much God does speak when he train, is able to train our ear as we take time to listen to him. And so I think so that directs our steps, both with people we're able to talk to, but with a God who wants to talk to us directly. Right. Like, I don't even have to quit it. God spoke this to me and not some hyper-spiritual, um, I use this, my God card to get out of something. No, I really feel like the God of the universe impressed this on my heart, and I've got to follow him. That is so good. Yeah. Well, Jonathan, we love you, man. We, yes, sir. We're proud of you. We appreciate you. We encourage you to continue being faithful and uh, I want to I want to end uh, a little bit differently. We've done this a few times with some of our guests, um, but um, as we end, I want you to remind our audience about your podcast, how they can find out more about you, and then I want you to be the final voice we hear. And you know, kind of our ending phrase, and but you word it however you want to. But um, yeah, we love you and we're proud of you. So thanks Thank for you, our friend. time together. So you you end this you end this episode for us. Well, thank you guys so much for the opportunity to be on the podcast. It's been great to reconnect, uh, but also have this conversation together. Uh, I would love to have any of your audience join us uh, and connect with the Disciple Lead Podcast family. Uh, You can find us on Apple Podcasts. That's just lowercase, Disciple Lead. If that seems hard to spell, just spell Disciple and put A-D at the end. So Disciple Lead Podcast, you can find that on Apple. You can find that on our Buzzsprout website, which is discipleleadpodcast.buzzsprout.com. And then also would love to have you on our Facebook page. So you can just search for Disciple Lead Podcast. You'll be able to follow the page there and would love to connect with you. Our whole goal is to create conversations that encourage and empower you on your journey. And so we would love to be a part of your journey and encourage and empower you each month with a new episode uh, as we have those conversations Um, I am a listener to this podcast, and what a joy it has been to be here. And as we think about our next step being our best step, I think back to a working yet not perfect definition of what I think about when I think of Christian leadership. I think of a humble servant driven by love and obedience, but distinguished by character, courage, and influence. And for just a moment, pausing to think about being driven by love and obedience. Our motives, why are we leading? Why are we leading people where we're leading them? What is the ultimate goal? And as leaders coming back to the place where we're constantly asking ourselves the question, is this driven by love and obedience to both God? And is it driven by love for people and helping them get to where they need to go? So one of the ways that we can make our next step, our best step, is being driven by love and obedience. Thanks for joining us on Next Step Leadership, the weekly conversation dedicated to your personal growth and leadership development. Chris and I are so glad you dropped in. 
You can find us on all your favorite podcast providers. Do us a favor and hit subscribe. And if you really want to help us, give us a rating. We so appreciate your support. Check out our show notes for more information regarding guest contact information. Chris Maxwell's 11th book, Equilibrium, 31 Ways to Stay Balanced on Life's Uneven Surfaces, is available now at www.chrismaxwell.me or Amazon, where you can find all of Chris's previous books as well. Our featured music is by Casual Americans. You can find their new musical releases at www.casualamericans.com or at your favorite music suppliers. We release Next Steps Leadership each Thursday, so join us again next week on the Next Step Journey, a conversation dedicated to helping you make your next step your best step. Center of the